Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Today, I'm honored to be with one of my heroes, Dr. Chuck Pinaccio, who is the co-founder and president of One Payer States, as well as the founder of uh, for Justice for All Network. Uh, Chuck, welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing great, Egberto. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Today, we are going to be discussing uh, specifically two issues, uh, but basically having to do with what I like to call the destruction of Medicaid, Medicare, but it's done in such a manner that is so esoteric, it is so antiseptic. It's called ACO reach. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about the fight that we're working on right now? Right. Well, like all social reform campaigns, all all uh, 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 earned benefit, we need to call them earned benefits, not entitlements, like all social programs designed to help people, um, no sooner do those the, those pieces of legislation pass, no sooner is the, the, the ink signed than the right wing comes after them to just try to undermine them and destroy them. And this is true with Social Security, right, going back to 1935, and fast forward to Medicare and Medicaid in 1965. And the right wing has had designs on privatizing and destroying all of these programs throughout the last, you know, um, nearly 100 years. Um, and this is what we're facing once again. It's coming at us once again. The, I mean, the campaign to destroy, undermine Medicare um, was was fully thrusted during the George W. Bush administration in the form of the prescription Part D part of, of, of Medicare, you know, privatizing that and handing over trillions of dollars to the pharmaceutical industry. Now we're seeing Medicare coming under a new assault. Last year, it was what was called the direct contracting entities. Now it's called ACO Reach, which is Affordable Care Organization, Race, Equity, Access, and Community Health. Doesn't that sound beautiful? It sounds Race, beautiful. Equity, accountability, and community health. I mean, and 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 it it's it's repackaging the same poisonous wine in a different bottle. And so this program actually started on January first, just a few weeks ago. Tell us what makes what's the poison. The poison is that you sign up for these what are called these Medicare Advantage programs. So let me let me stop for a second here. In other sure. words. This is Medicare. When you when you had just Medicare Advantage, people had to selectively choose. They'll go with standard Medicare or they'll go with Medicare Advantage. They put a little bit of smoke and mirrors in it now. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's 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 a lot of people don't actually. And it's hard to tell. It seems like the, the anecdotal evidence we have is about half of the people are pulled into it without their even making right. uh, making a conscious decision. Like, this is something I want. You wake up one morning and you're told that you've got this so-called Medicare Advantage program. We call it Medicare Disadvantage. Right. We call it Medicare Disadvantage because what it does is it takes your ability to control your own health care away from you at the very moment when you need it. It's very attractive because they throw out like gym memberships and, you know, and 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 uh, swag, you know, they'll they'll throw some T-shirts and some bags and people will say, wow, I'm getting free stuff. And what you don't realize is that at the point of service, the time that when you when you actually need health care, 
you're not in control. You're not making the decision. It, it, it is sad. It is sad. Explain a little bit more. Yeah. So Medicare was founded again back in 1965 for the purpose of covering hospital care and, and, and primary care. It was basic fundamental standard care for people 65 and above. Let me let me let me stop you for a second there, Chuck, because I want to add another corollary to Medicare being founded. Right. Medicare right. itself was a was a benefit for insurance companies. Right. They want to only insure healthy people. And as we get older, we all know that we get sicker. So they wanted to take that off the books. Right. They wanted to take old people off the books. They throw it to the government. Let the government take care of those higher costs. Now they want it back in the form of the government paying for that ex- that extended cost, taking the risk away from them. But continue, my friend. Right. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's uh, corporations. They don't hate the government. They just want the government to do their bidding. They don't. They, they want the subsidies. They want the handouts. This is socialism for the rich. They this is what corporations are about anymore. State corporatism, which is, you know, what we talk about, it's one of the cornerstones of economic fascism. Mm-hmm. And so what we're getting with Medicare is a, a scheming effort to steal $1.6 trillion that's on the table. That's the Medicare fund. And that's what these privateers, these corporate uh, uh, aggressors are trying to do, is they're trying to rip that money away from the government and rip the control of our health care away from us. As patients. Now, as it turns out, you are working very hard with uh, with several of your of, of your your companies or your organizations, specifically one payer states, to try to get sponsorship from politicians, some like Elizabeth Warren or others, to come up with a bit or to, to come up with some kind of an assistance, not only on ACO reach. But on your local healthcare for all it wants, tell us a little bit about that. Right. Um, so we're in the middle of a of a campaign, and it, so far it's it's a, it, we've designed it to go out twelve months across the year, and we're 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 educating the public through newsletters, social media um, platforms about what's coming at us, about what's actually happening in real time. And we want to get as many partners involved as possible. So I'd love to hear from folks, get you on 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 mailing lists. Yes, but these are powerful mailing lists. We'll get we'll get you the tools to lobby through something we talked about recently called One Click Politics, where we can reach our legislators, many of whom, Egberto, I think a lot of them really have their head in the sand. Some of them uh, are are aware of what's going on, but you know, related to this. Not to deviate too much, but the American hospital uh, uh, industry, they put out a letter every year endorsing Medicare Advantage, and they want members of Congress to sign it. Last session, 340 members of Congress in the House signed this thing, and many of them are actually on with the the single-payer Medicare for all legislation. So I, I think people are, even legislators are confused. I don't think they, many of them know what they're doing and realize they don't realize what they're being sucked into. But Medicare Advantage is not an advantage. It's actually a, 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 a misleading use of the term Medicare to begin with, 
by corporate uh, by corporate privatizers, those who want to destroy Medicare and grab all that money once again and take healthcare decision making as well as funding out of your control. So that's that's the fundamentals right now, and we've got we're working very closely with a group up in Seattle who are helping to drive the strategy. Um, and it would be great for you actually to to talk to to, to a couple of those strategists. They're really brilliant people, um, Puget Sound uh, advocates for retirement action. So it's a very good group. They're very close with Representative Pramila Jayapal, and this is the education and activism that we really need folks to focus on, um, especially with the debt ceiling coming and and attacks that are going to be coming again against Social Security, Medicare. Medicaid. Just go right down the list of these earned benefits programs. We paid for them. They're not entitlements, they're earned benefits. And we need to make sure that our legislators are paying attention and not listening to the money, you know, that's coming into their own campaign coffers. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in that light, um, like I said, you work, you you do a lot of work, you do a lot of conferences, etc., to try to educate people. And right now, I believe on February 18th. Right. You are put in or you have put one together. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And likewise, how we can uh, bring audiences to uh, to view what you have to offer. Not what you have to offer, what the your entire uh, your entire organizations have to offer. Yeah, I'm I'm a I mean, I see myself as a facilitator. Sure. I have a title president, but I don't see myself as an authority or in that sense, I'm here to drive these discussions, bring together coalition partners, diversify, you know, who we are. Uh, we, we we very intentionally and with your help uh, and uh, uh, Reverend Rodney Sadler and Alex Dietrich, the three of you have been fantastic in the first two summits. We did one on August 27th, a second one on November 19th, another one upcoming, like you mentioned, February 18th. And we would love for your folks here. Uh, to join us. It's a virtual event. Uh, it's from 12 to 2 Eastern time, 9 to 11 Pacific. You can find out more uh, by going on the website, onepayerstates.org, onepayerstates.org. Uh, you can register there. It's free. We want people to participate. But the point of the of these conferences, it initially was to be intergenerational, right? Which is to connect all of our generations together but it's also intentionally cross race, cross class, cross creed, cross geography, cross gender, is that we want everybody who shares our justice for all values, everybody who shares our justice for all values, because an injustice to one, I believe, is an injustice to all. And if we, and once we begin, and I learned so much from you, Egberto, your empathy is just off the charts. It's your ability to see and identify with the pain of, of people who aren't you, but some of them have common uh, uh, threads with your own existence, right? Things that you've gone through, but it's connecting all of our justice campaigns together and seeing equality and connection between and across all of us, regardless of our condition in life. We all aspire to a justice for all world. And that's the purpose of these conferences. Every three months, the next one coming up is February 18th, and you're going to be running one of these panels, and maybe we can chat a little bit about that. Well, following your lead, first of all, thank you for the uh, kudos. I can tell you that I try to see 
look through people's eyes and I, I I make sure and learn from everybody. I've learned a lot from you as well, my dear friend. Um, let me just ask you to, um, I, I will be on your panel and I will be adopting the methods that you've created along with the, pan, the, the panels that's putting this together to get it done. Tell us some of the directions that you want those of us who are going to be on that panel to cover so that our audience that are listening right now would have a feel of what they're going to hear us talk about and how to make things uh, better, both with ACO Reach, uh, uh, Healthcare for All, et cetera, things that are covering all of us at large. Okay, um, absolutely. Um, so I, this we want to kick off this event with a, I can't, we don't have it firmed up yet, but probably the leading civil rights uh, spokesperson in the country, we want to get this person to come in. I'm not going to drop his name because I don't want to get ahead of the curve, but we want this to be kicked off with a really dynamic presentation on how it is that what we're doing is really uh, in large part a reflection and a continuation of the effective civil rights coalition, right, from back in the 1960s. And this particular conference is going to focus on bringing is, is, is welcoming, once again, uh, folks from faith communities and having conversation between people in faith communities to people who do not identify with traditional faiths. I think one of the real problems of politics on the left in more recent decades is, is that we've been so unwelcoming to people who share our values, but also happen to belong to a faith community. The skepticism and even cynicism toward those folks is damaging to our ability to succeed. So we want to be intentional in bringing folks together. So what we're doing is we're calling this conference, this upcoming conference, uh, the uh, in Interspirituality and Justice for All. Interspirituality and Justice for All, which recognizes the, the secular communities, non-religious communities, who also, of course, have a spiritual center and bring them together in conversation with folks who are from more traditional faith, faith-based communities. And so that's the conversation that we wanna have you bring, as well as Alex Dietrich and, and uh, uh, Red, uh, Reverend Sadler um, in three different panels. So after an opening of a prominent, by a prominent civil rights leader, uh, and also, uh, uh, I'll keep going here, we're gonna have, um, you're going to make some some comments as well at the beginning, again, addressing your own experience of, of radical empathy, intentional listening through a secular spiritual perspective. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Rodney's going to do much the same. He himself is a cleric. So we want to hear his perspective from a, 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 a Christian as well as academic perspective. And Alex, who does not identify uh, with the faith community, um, she's going to bring a a um, uh, 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 a millennial perspective. She's 25 years of age as Alex. Um, she will be uh, speaking from her own perspective and running the first panel. The first panel that she'll be doing will focus on communications, training, and framing from an inner spiritual focus. Like, how can we communicate better with one another? How can we listen more effectively and intentionally? So that's the first panel. The second one that Rodney will be facilitating is entitled Interspirituality and Justice for All, the title of the actual event. And here he's going to bring in numerous faith leaders from different communities, uh, uh, Christian, Muslim, um, 
uh, uh, Jewish, uh, uh, and, and he's going to put together a panel of, of faith leaders and have that conversation about what it means to think in terms of interspirituality and justice for all from a faith perspective. And then your panel that, I, that we're going to be working on putting together will be entitled Interspirituality and Intersectionality, which means that your focus, your panel will revolve around some combination of, of, of topics, political topics, environmental justice, racial justice, disability rights, whatever it is that you and your panelists want to want to focus in on. The idea here is to connect our issues, our justice issues, at the same time that we're bringing this interspiritual focus. In other words, connecting not just our brains, but also our spirits to the work that we do so that we're, again, much more empathetic. We're much more uh, intentional in our listening and connecting and communicating, similar to the, the kickoff with Alex and what, and what um, uh, Rodney's doing. And so the idea here is just to, is to bring that together, that connection of uh, interspirituality, faith, and issues. So that's the rundown on the program. I hope that's been helpful. I mean, that is, that is great because, I mean, I think that is, you know, you made an important point, and that is we have to talk to each other. We are going to, what they depend on, Chuck, is they depend on something you mentioned earlier, right? Uh, that there, there's some, there's some, uh, there's a dissension between, let's say, those on the left and some in the, some people who are evangelicals or whatever. We have, they, they need that dissension among those people so that they can really affect all the screwing that they affect on us. If oh, yeah. we can so learn to come together, which Absolutely. is what your panel, the, the different panels that you're putting together is talking about, then we can actually sit down and say. These are our commonalities, and these are things that uh, we can work towards. I don't have to. I don't have to worship the way you worship. I don't have to put my pants on exactly as you do, or the same color that you do. But there's so much more that we have in common, and it's a cliche, but it is so true. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what the billionaire class, and we're gonna we're gonna call it out for what it is. The billionaire class that I write about, you write about, you talk about. It's the billionaire class who are funding and fueling white supremacy, funding and fueling religious nationalism, and and they've and they've also captured our political system by and large in the form of this merger of state and corporate interests. This is exactly what Benito Mussolini talked about, the founder yeah. of fascism. So it's those are the three cornerstones, religious nationalism, white nationalism, and state corporatism. And that's what the billionaire class has done, is that they have, they've captured our economic system, they've captured our politics by and large, they've captured our culture, Right. Is that that what they're doing here is they're what they're waging culture wars. And that's what largely keeps us divided and conquered. Right. That's what keeps us from talking to one another because of people like, you know, Ron DeSantis, who's out there screaming about, you know, Disney and wokeism and all this other crap. But it, what it's designed to do, again, is to keep people fearful of one another, hating one another and divided against one another. Meanwhile, they're picking our pockets. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're they're stealing our democracy, right? This is this is what we face, and this is what our the, this conference is designed to do. 
is to intentionally bring us back together to recognize what we're facing and to overcome it by bringing ourselves together based on our common shared values. And the other thing, the last thing I'll say here is, is that to your point, we don't have to agree on everything, but it's critically important that we understand each other because once we understand each other, then the empathy begins to grow. Then we say, I understand you, brother, sister. Uh, we don't agree, but at least I now understand why you think the way that you do, why you act the way that you do. But once they, once they're heard, right? Once they're given validation, suddenly they soften their resistance they, to you, and, and they now their ears open you. up. They don't. They don't look at you as somebody with horns. They don't hate you. They just look at, just like you have a disagreement with your wife. Now, Chuck, uh, we're coming down on time here. So let me ask you again, how can people be a part of this conference? Because I want my audience, your audience, or anybody that's picking this up on podcasts, et cetera, to say, yes, I am going to go to your conference on February 18th, because this is what we have to do as a society. How do they get there? And by the way, folks, before before uh, Chuck says this, this podcast will be in effect before the conference and after the conference. And remember that everything that Chuck discusses at that conference, we will have available as well after the conference. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, 100%. And look, I, I just want to make it clear that, you know, I'm here to facilitate, you know, I'm the older white guy. And there's no apologies for that. But the reality is, is that I want to do all I can to bring forward voices that have been largely marginalized through our history. And this is how we build the political power. This is how we build the trust. This is how we build the relationships. So to get information, go to onepayerstates.org. You can just register right on our website, onepayer, O-E-N, or O-N-E-P-A-Y-E-R, states, S-T-A-T-E-S dot org, or you can go to justiceforall.global. You can register in either of those places. And it's, again, it's virtual, so you don't have to travel. It's free and it's fun. We're going to bring music into the event. We're going to celebrate what it is that we have accomplished because we are moving in the right direction. People just aren't paying attention. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the phrase goes, right, the revolution will not be televised but it will be Zoomed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dr. Chuck Benacchio, founder and president of One Pair of States and founder of uh, Justice for All Network. Thank you so kindly for being once again on Politics Done Right, my brother. And thank you so kindly for the work that you do. Because without many of you doing that kind of work, we don't stand a chance. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.